мною принято решение о проведении специальной военной операции. We are under attack. It is an attack against Western democracies and on the institutions that bind them. What Russia is much more interested in doing is depicting the West as a failure. A briefly met President Yanukovych. They were trying to protect their enormous wealth. This is Kremlin File. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Kremlin File. Hi, Mo. How hey, are you? I've got my coffee cup. Look. Oh, so do I. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> um, so um, I just wanted our listeners to know that we are starting a new thing. And every weekend we will be releasing a mini episode where we basically uh, do a weekend review on all the top stories uh, relating to Ukraine and Russia. Um, I know that the, there's so much news between so yeah. many conflicts across the globe yeah. and, uh, you know, domestic news yeah. for people in U.S., across Europe that here we'll just quickly go through the headlines. And then um, on our Substack, we'll put um, in the show notes all the news articles relating to the headlines that we mentioned for anyone else who, you know, for anyone who wants to dig further into it. That's right. There's That's some. It. Yeah, there's some stories that I'm sure that everybody is familiar with, but there are some stories that we'll probably be talking about that very, very few people pay attention to, okay, in the legacy media. So this is why Olga and I decided, okay, let's do this, and that way uh, it's also a little chattier and no less informal than our other interviews, so uh, we're going to try to have fun. Okay, with this. Yes. In and fact, let's hit with the first story. Breaking news. Actually, this out today. The U.S. announced that over 500 sanctions, okay, are going to be applied uh, against Russian targets for Russia's murder of Navalny and also the upcoming, okay, two-year full-scale uh, murders war in Ukraine. Uh, Chinese, Turkish, and Indian companies were sanctioned for doing business, okay, with Russia. So this is the first one that we, and it just came through on our emails. So very happy about that. Yeah, and this is actually very good news. Um, obviously, the sanctions, U.S. and EU, and basically the whole international community needs to tighten yeah. uh, sanctions and the fact that they are now targeting countries who are helping Russia bypass these sanctions, it's good. But ultimately, send weapons to Ukraine. I'd be yes. much happier if I read a headline that 500 long-range ballistic missiles are on their way to Ukraine, because this is what Ukraine needs right exactly. now. Exactly. Uh, the next story we're keeping an eye on is... Um, on Thursday of this week, uh, the Department of Justice indicted um, one of the largest, the heads of the largest banks in Russia, a VTB Bank. Um, they indicted Kostin. He obviously can't get arrested because he's hiding out in Russia. But they did manage to arrest two of his associates in the United States who have been helping him, uh, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, bypass sanctions and whatnot. Um, so that's also very good news because, you know, we are seeing more and more frequent uh, arrests on U.S. soil. So keep the arrests coming. We need yeah. more of them. That way, yeah. um, you know, the 
these Russian operatives understand you cannot use the United States for uh, means to carry out, you know, operations and uh, launder money, Mm -hmm. you know, for high level officials in Russia. Yep, I just wish that more European countries would do the same, uh, especially because here in Italy, for example, there are companies that are still dealing, okay, with uh, with Russia. Uh, some very famous companies that uh, were operating, uh, they still are in Donetsk. So this is something, okay, that needs to be addressed. We've raised a lot of awareness uh, with this. Yeah. There are two politicians that are now starting to wake up very vociferous, and they're going after, uh, they're starting to talk about it. So hopefully that will translate into more concrete action. Okay. Then story number three. Well, this was from last week, but we thought we'd mention it again. The Munich Security Conference, which was held uh, and which saw all, let's say, of the uh, top defense and national security um, figures, okay, leaders in different countries coming together talking about, firstly, okay, Ukraine, because that's at the top of the agenda. Another thing that came out, and I think the most important outcome, was that now it seems that Europe is starting to wake up, especially because of what Trump has said in the past, okay, two weeks, doubling down once again about bringing, you know, that question mark on NATO, which I think is absolutely absurd, and uh, and they're starting to finally think that we need to ramp things up in Europe. And encouraging Russia to attack a NATO country. Yes. So, I mean, yes. So I'm happy Absolutely that, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Europe is finally waking up to the threat that Russia might potentially, you know, launch a war against a NATO country in Europe. And, you know, and that uh, potentially the United States should, God forbid, Trump come back to office, you know, that, that we might be complicit in assisting Russia in yeah launching a war or just looking the other way that's right another thing i'll just add to this is that there is now some talk of getting an eu defense commissioner this kind of position in the future so i don't know if it's just going to add to more bureaucracy or whatever it is but it seems to be something okay a a sign of the times let's just put it that way okay story number four olga speaking of arming ukraine um there have been so many heartbreaking stories and the need for the ammo shortage they're suffering. I mean, it literally, it is breaking yeah. my heart seeing headline after headline of Ukrainian soldiers on the front lines begging, um, you know, the international community to send them, you know, uh, ammo and weapons. Yep. Yep. And we saw this, you know, result in the fall of Avdivka, um, which is the first town that Russia has seized, you know, um, since the successful counteroffensive that um, Ukraine uh, carried out. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. Bakhmut they took a year ago and then yeah. this. So Ukraine has been doing an excellent job holding, yeah. you know, Russia back. But I mean, holding Russia back is not enough. It shouldn't be for as long as it takes. No. It should be we need to arm Ukraine, let them finish this war so we can all move on and get every single Russian out of Ukrainian soil. Absolutely. Um, 
So I think that's um, extremely important. And then what is more disheartening and frankly uh, reprehensible is the fact that, you know, the Speaker Johnson decided to send Congress on vacation. They have been blockading aid since since uh, October, Speaker Johnson since November. Yep. So now they have felt it was a good time to go take a vacation, you know, for a few weeks. And I mean, this is not only with uh, basically the world on fire and, you know, Russia just murdered uh, one of their critics and you have, you know, yep. multiple conflicts, you know, on the on the horizon and currently happening. But um, we also have in the United States, uh, you know, we need to keep the government open and that expires in a few weeks. So like uh, when he gets back uh, he literally has a few days to get his psycho caucus on, you know, on um <laughs> uh, <laughs> sign I'm off. put that out. The psycho caucus. That's that's gold. Gold. No, but but it is to get um I to know. keep our government open. And we need our government open because we at the same time have the FBI warning of you know various threats for US homeland. And during his vacation, if that's not bad enough, he decided to go and show, you know, loyalty to Trump and uh, showed up at Mar-a-Lago. So, I mean, that's you good. know, hopefully, hopefully sometime this year in 2024, you know, um, yep. Republicans will get back to work and actually start working for the American people yep. and doing passing some kind of bill, you know, bills that are critical both for domestic and foreign policy. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, maybe he went down to go and get those little golden running shoes. Maybe. I think that's what maybe. he went down to do. That's what I maybe. think. Okay, on to the next one. Beep, 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 beep. So shortly, okay, after news came out that Putin ordered no Navalny, okay, to be uh, killed, news came out from Spain that Russia sent a hitman to murder a Russian defector who flew his plane into Ukraine last year. I think everybody will remember this story because he's a defector. And no, uh, it it hit. I remember seeing stories on Russian uh, telegram channels and it was just absolutely incredible. It blew up, literally. Uh, what do we know about this? Um, what do we know about this, Olga? Do we know anything else except for this? Um, well, besides the fact that he was shot several times and, yeah, and um, run and over, run over <laughs> because that wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, this comes on the heels of, you know, um, uh, Navalny being murdered. Um, so you now see a uh, murder happening in Spain. Um, you will see more murders yeah. abroad. Yeah. Um, uh, Russian uh, security services um, carrying out more murders abroad. And at the same time, we had another murder um, or what looks to be a murder of a Russian military blogger who, frankly, mm -hmm. is, you know, mm -hmm. was despicable. But um, interestingly enough, he had um, revealed the real numbers of uh, how many Russian troops died in, um, to take Avdivka, which is upwards of 16,000, whereas mm -hmm. Shoigu, the Russia's defense minister domestically, is, you know, running around and and praising what a wonderful operation. They barely lost any um, military. 
And then he um, died literally, I think it was within a day or two, um, by suicide. And they even put his suicide, um, you know, note on on, uh, the Telegram channel. Of course. Oh, we'll see. To me, it looks like he got killed. And then that also uh, also shows Putin and the Kremlin reigning in military bloggers who are reporting a little too much and too honestly about, you know, Russia's uh, genocide operations in Ukraine. Just to add, uh, before they allowed Russian bloggers, right, right in the beginning to sort of talk up and stuff like that, then, you know, the the gauntlet came down around Prigozhin, around uh, around his death. There's a little Italian spin on this story, because it was released um, on a channel, on a website, that uh, turns out that this guy uh, has been traveling back and forth, okay, to Moscow. He's in Moscow now. I don't think he's going to come back after this, because he got outed on Italian television. Uh, Apparently, his website had all the wrong information, had a fake address, and the whole business, and he was asked point blank on television by a former Italian Secret Service, okay, officer, high-level guy, uh, if he's actually working for the Russians themselves. So that uh, that blew up, okay, in the past uh, past few days. So moving on to the next one, and this, okay, is about my, my story that I'm obsessed with with <laughs> exactly. the week. Well, it's a huge story. This is probably the biggest story that nobody has been paying attention to. You know, and I, I think so. Um, and this is about the son of one of the most powerful, powerful people in Russia. Okay. Ivan uh, Session, who's the son of Igor Session. He died February the 5th. So this story didn't come out very quickly. They sat on it for a while. No, they didn't even sit on it. Nothing. They on it. Yeah. There's a complete media blackout on, on it. it. Um, and the only reason that it came out is because someone was tipped mm-hmm. off to look at the Russian inheritance registry um, or the hair registry. And that's the only reason that it came out. He was registered that he died February 5th. Other than that, there's no mention. They even tampered with the Russian um, registry after a few uh, Russian outlets, um, opposition outlets overseas picked mm-hmm. up on this news. They removed him from the registry. Then they put him back and removed the date of death. So, uh-huh. I mean, the whole story is bizarre. There's just, there's another thing too. There's another death that we forgot about. Ivanov. No? In, oh, uh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I read the news, I got excited. <laughs> But it was, it was Victor Ivanov, um, the drug smuggler, mm. uh, Putin Ivanov, who, um, you know, used to head the drug agency. Mm-hmm. But this is actually Andropov's um, Victor yeah. um, uh, Ivanov, um, who was one of, you know, his high level officials during the time Andropov was in power. Mm-hmm. And um, he died. That looks to be natural causes. He was 80 years old, and it's basically okay, you know, so it's the not the guy who was 70 years old. Okay, no. Yeah, right. no. It was it's that a, guy. Yeah, oh. it's a, he's a 80, and it's you know the 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 old Soviet guard. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. moving on. Okay, moving on. Next, go ahead, Olga. So another interesting story, and finally, well, long overdue. 
Um, the EU sanctioned an FSB general over his role in carrying out operations um, to destabilize Moldova to overthrow um, the Western Sandu government. And for those mm. who haven't been paying attention on Moldova, mm. I mean, there have been stories of, you know, not only did Russian intelligence carry out operations inside of Moldova, you know, disinformation operations, but they also sent agents uh, to carry out, you know, uh, like violence during protest, organized protest. And then there came plans that they wanted to violently overthrow the Sandu government to install, you know, a Kremlin-friendly one. So finally, EU took notice, and um, this FSB general has been sanctioned. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, mm-hmm. how many more, because there definitely yeah. is a whole unit inside of Russia that is focused on Moldova. So we'll yeah. see where that goes. There was also news, I think it was today, about how the either the Russian government or is it the Transnistrian uh, people are going to be asking Russia for recognition? That yeah, I, What's I, that I, all um, about? So mm-hmm. this has been ongoing for a few years, mm-hmm. um, honestly, yeah. since 22, where Russia now wants to, you know, recognize the uh, yeah. Transnistria, which it's been illegally occupying for the past few decades. Um, so now they, you know, claim that they will again, you know, sign a law. But I don't know if this is really going to happen or if this is mm-hmm. more bluster from Russia, because, oh, okay. I mean, it's been two years mm-hmm. and frankly... You know, uh, I honestly can't wait for Transnistria to, um, you know, go back to Moldova yes. because it is one of the yeah. first country, you yeah. know, territories that was annexed and occupied yeah. by yeah. Russia. 1993, in- if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Someone of my reading. Mm-hmm. Now, while the West is taking their time to send long range missiles to Ukraine, Dick Taters, let me repeat that, Dick Taters, Work on a timely schedule, okay, as um, as news out of Iran, okay, that we're learning now, that Iran has joined North Korea in supplying Russia with ballistic missiles to murder more Ukrainians, okay? Uh, so we're waiting for a response now from the international community. Okay, let's wait a little longer. Um, that is greater than just, oh what we're concerned okay deep that's concern. what um, oh yeah okay no there, I think there's deeply. a whole yeah deeply deep whatever it is yeah so that in fact uh has hit various news stories are carrying it so this is uh we're going to see okay what uh what is happening so very speak- very concerning and speaking of uh, sanctions on, you know, North Korea, the UN, of course, sanctioned North Korea mm-hmm. and has, and I will remind this every single day, that um, they have Russia sitting as a permanent member on the UN Security Council and basically buying weapons from North Korea um, that, uh, you know, that is sanctioned by the UN. So I'm not sure how UN, you know, I, don't, I frankly, I don't even think they care. No. Um if their own sanctions are violated. But and then the more absurd news, um, Putin sent Kim Jong-un, you know, a car, a half a million dollar car. And that's another sanctions violation because um, you cannot have luxury goods moved into North Korea. And I would assume a $500,000 car is. I think so. 
I, say, I think it's in that category. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Next. De -de 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 -de. Go ahead. So um, this one is a very interesting one. We are all following the case of the former FBI informant, um, Alexander Smirnov, who has been arrested uh, for providing Congress with um, information that he obtained against the Bidens from Russian intelligence. Um, what is more fascinating is um, the response from media as if they just woke up today and realized that um, Republicans, certain, again, not the whole Republican Party, but certain That's Republicans right. have been peddling Russian disinformation obtained from Russian intelligence sources, um, you know, that it just started. I mean, I remember, you know, monitoring very closely, following, documenting and getting information on when Giuliani and his, um, you know, uh, crew were running around Ukraine in 2018, 19, 20, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and working with a Russian intelligence officer. I mean, they, Giuliani approached Andrei Derkach, who, you know, is now Ukraine has, um, has uh, charged him with treason and he fled Ukraine um, and uh, showed evidence that he's a Russian agent, as well as uh, U.S. Intel at the time had warned lawmakers Giuliani that, you know, to stay away because this is Russian intelligence mm -hmm. disinformation. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of more I don't know what's the bigger story that. Mironov received information, you know, from Russian intelligence that he peddled to Congress or right. that Giuliani back then received the same exact information from Russian intelligence that he sought out. He went to them in order to provide to Senator Johnson, Bill Barr, um, and several others who then actively were repeating this information. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting. Another case of amnesia, yeah. but at least we do know that Congress, um, yeah. some House Republicans and Senate um, yeah. Republicans um, have no qualms about using Russian intelligence to further right. their own goals. Yeah. Now they're just trying to spin it in another way. They've hit the airwaves and they've hit uh, TV and the whole business. But the the fact remains that this is what they're doing. So yep. we uh, we need to keep that in mind. Now the last thing, okay, that we're going to talk about uh, is I just it's just actually a reminder, okay, to everyone. We're going to be putting a link uh, in the Substack in our no in the show notes for this episode, and it's about the March for Ukrainian Victory which is going to be held on February the 24th. And we're going to be putting a link so that you can find out in your city, because they've put all of the cities where this is going to be done. It's worldwide, okay? I saw the map itself from Australia all the way, okay, Europe, uh, all the way into the States and also into South America. So check to see in your city where the march is, what time it is, get out there. Please, please, and show, okay, your support. All right, for Ukraine. Support um, and the solidarity for Ukraine and democracy. Of course, of course, of course. Okay, so that's it. That wraps up our yep. uh, week in review. Beep, beep, and beep, beep, beep. for all the stories that we mentioned, we will have um, uh, news links for them for anyone who wants to read further. And um, tune and, in and we'll be doing yep. this every week and we'll be dropping yep. um, a weekend review. And just as a reminder, on Thursdays, our new episodes, okay, drop all right, every Thursday. So you can go and check that out. 
last week, okay, uh, the uh, the episode from last week was with a great, 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 okay, Andrea Chalupa of Gaslit Nation. Go and check that out. And next week, well, it's going to be a surprise. So you'll, <laughs> you'll find out. And don't forget to subscribe to Kremlin Files Substack. We have all our show notes there, all the episodes and, you know, other supplemental materials that we will be providing even more um, as we come closer to elections in the United States and Europe. Okay, so that's us saying goodbye to everybody and have a great weekend. (laughs) That's it. Bye-bye. And you'd like to help us out with our independent work? Please subscribe to Kremlin File on Substack and on our YouTube channel. Kremlin File is hosted by Olga Lautman and me, Monique Kamada. Our production team is headed by Maddie Kaparov 